College football gets into full swing this week. There was a, some interesting trades as NFL teams scrambled to get down to the 53-man roster. All that, much more coming up on tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the draft countdown podcast i'm your co-host brian bosorge joined tonight by our special guest from cfb nation and toys to titles you know him nino brown man nino in for shane tonight nino 238 days 22 hours 58 minutes 18 seconds away from the 2024 nfl draft I'm excited. I can't wait. I've already started diving in. You guys have made me sickos between you, Shane, you know, and just the senior bowl in general. Uh, I, everything I, I look at has to do with the draft now. And even though I used to be sucked, sucked in on these young prospects, now I just go down rabbit holes on these juniors and seniors. So I, I'm excited to be on the on the show. I know I'm not Shane. I look a little younger, but, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it's easy to do, man, to go down that rabbit hole and, and look at these prospects. But uh if you're new to the channel tonight, we ask you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so you get notified when we go live like we are right now. Uh, if you're uh, following us on Twitter, uh, go ahead and uh, hit that like button or, or subscribe or whatever it is. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, if you will. And uh, if you're not a member of our Discord, go ahead and do that. Uh, go to DraftCatdown.com, top right corner of the search bar there. There's a link to join the Discord. Uh, and if you have any questions that you want to, myself or Nino to answer at the end of the show, go ahead and leave them either on Twitter or uh, or in the Discord, and we will get to them at the end of the show. But uh, like I said, uh, Nino's here this week. Shane, uh, still on, we'll call it maternity leave. Uh, <laughs> he'll be back next week. Uh, he'll be back uh, rested, I hope. I hope he's uh Hope he's been able to get some sleep, uh, Nino. You know all we, we know all about that. Yeah, and, I got uh, I got three of them. So <laughs> Shane's learning the hard way that uh, that the life life changes a little bit when you got that little little one there, and uh, you gotta shift shift some of that time around a little bit. <laughs> I wonder how he crams it all in now. It's yeah, his uh, <laughs> he's uh, he, he's gonna learn. He might not have time for those three hundred fantasy leagues or whatever that he's. Uh, <laughs> joints but uh i mentioned in the uh in the open there there was i don't know it seemed like a lot or a lot more than normal number of trades i mean we're talking late round pick swaps nothing of real major substance i don't think we had any top 100 picks get moved 
uh, there as teams were basically trying to get whatever they could for players that they probably were going to cut anyway. So I just want to hit on a few of them. Like I said, I was going to try to talk about all of them quickly, but then we started having trades involving kickers, and it just got silly. But uh, one I know you want to talk about, uh, Nino, the Giants uh, getting a lot, former first-round pick uh, Isaiah Simmons for basically a, the equivalent of a ham sandwich there. Uh, a <laughs> yeah. 2024 seventh-round pick goes to Arizona for Isaiah Simmons. Uh, they just never really figured out how to use his talents, did they? It seems like that's what happens with Arizona with a, with a lot of guys. Um, but the fact that 47 field goal kickers got traded for seventh-round picks and Isaiah Simmons, who is an absolute pure athlete, can play pretty much anywhere. He's a linebacker that can play a, a cornerback, right? And he can play safety coming out of Clemson. He was an absolute dude. And the Cardinals never figured out. I think now going to Giants, was it, is it Martindale is the D.C. there? He's going to – that's – when he was in Baltimore, right, it was like everybody played whatever position. I feel like Simmons is going to be that amoeba. I know they got him at the linebacker position, but I, I think Simmons could be flowing anywhere. You could see him, you know, switch sides with Thibodeau, maybe line up behind him and linebacker. He could even drop back in the safety. They got him for a happy meal. That that was the steal of the whole, you know, cut yeah, down it, trades. It certainly seems like he's going to be like that uh... – ace in the hole there for that defense that they can utilize him all over the field. Uh, final year of his contract, so he, I would think he's going to be motivated too oh, yeah. as well. Uh, Arizona wasn't done dealing. They made at least two more trades. They acquired a 2024 fifth-round pick uh, from the Houston Texans. They now have the Texans, what, first, third, and fifth-round pick in next year's <laughs> draft. Uh they, they get offensive tackle Josh Jones, who I know was very highly thought of coming out uh, three years ago, uh, goes to the Texans where I believe he'll probably play guard for them. They also got a uh, – the Texans got a seventh-round pick in exchange there. But uh, Josh, quickly, Josh Jones going to the uh, Texans from the Cardinals. Yeah, it was a, that, that was the one that came out as this, okay, we might be going down the tanking road for me because, like, he started, what, I think it was 14 of, of 17 games or 16 games last year for them. So it's like uh, the kid was starting to progress. He, he played well. He was kind of like one of the highlight pieces on that line. And uh, you know what? Kyla's not going to be playing, so we'll just – we don't need to protect anybody. We'll just ship him off, you know, and, and get rid of him and, and stop the tank trade. I, I didn't get it. I mean, Houston got a steal, I think. Here's the trade that I, I that had me thinking they were in the tank. Uh, <laughs> they uh, acquired Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh round pick from Cleveland, so they get their seventh round pick back. Uh, they give up the Giants' fifth round pick that they have uh, goes to Cleveland for Josh Dobbs, who very likely is going to start Week One. Yeah, and he's, he he links back up with it. Is it the OC that Perzig or Perzig or whatever it is? I think they had you know connected before in Cleveland. So it's like I could see it. I knew Colt McCoy was getting the axe. He's not healthy. He's really you know no disrespect. He's not really that good. He's been a you know journeyman for a while now. He he just lasted QB two, QB three. So he was getting cut. And then it was only left was the rookie. I don't know if Toon was ready. I think Dobbs will probably stop four to five games. And if he does okay. They'll keep it on if he stinks it up. Then they'll just throw the rookie in there and, and run it. Yep. And uh, the other big trade of note was San Francisco deals quarterback Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a 2024 fourth-round pick. 
They gave up three first-round picks to to move up to draft Trey Lance, and they are bailing out to start Brock Purdy, who played well. Yeah, in the in down the stretch, uh, he is going to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. and that's another story for another day because I am curious uh, how that ends up working yeah. out for them now that teams got the book on him. Uh, yeah, we'll anything. see. But Trey Lance to Dallas, uh, your thoughts? And then I know you've talked to uh, Coach Sheps over there, and he's a big Cowboys guy, so I want to know what he's been saying about it too. Well, he was with it because it was you know for a sack of potatoes and a bag of carrots. So it wasn't like, you know, they, they had to pay a, a hefty price tag. But that's got to go down as the worst, you know, draft trade in history. Like, I mean, they gave up the farm. Three first. It's and... not the worst draft trade in history. It it's, might be in the top five. Oh, okay. All right. Top I five. Mean, we, I mean, I heard that mentioned a few times, and people, maybe it's, uh, what, do you, what do they call it, recency bias. But okay, yeah. people who don't who uh, weren't around during the '97 NFL draft that saw Mike Ditka trade the entire Saints uh, draft well, plus Williams. multiple yeah. first round picks to move up for Ricky Williams. <laughs> that to me may be the worst draft day trade of all time. Yeah, I forget about that Ricky Williams trade, and then and then he only had a few years. They shipped him off to Miami. So yeah, but I mean they gave up the farm, right? And they were a young team with with a lot of young talent, which. You take those draft picks and you have them now, and now you're looking in the right direction. And I think personally, Aaron Rodgers goes there. If you don't have Trey Lance, you end up getting Aaron Rodgers in in, in this whole party fiesta. I don't think the Jets would be the, as good of an option as the 49ers would be with the talent around them. But that's just my opinion. I just don't understand it. Like you gave up, you got a fifth back after you gave up three firsts. Like that's just gross. I. The Brock Purdy thing, my question is, what quarterback has ever come back from Tommy John? I mean, you don't hear much about it in regards to quarterbacks as you do with starting pitchers. Right. So I don't know what the book is on that. I, I would be curious to hear if anybody else listening or whatever has, like, a list of quarterbacks who've had Tommy John surgery and then come right. back. I would, I, would, I would love to see that. It's probably small. I bet you it's a yeah, small, because, small I mean, list. We, like I said, almost every pitcher nowadays seems to, to have Tommy Don surgery at some point, and they, they seem to come back from it. It's almost like the ACL in football now. You know, it's, it's yeah. it, you, you, you know they're going to come back probably better than they were. Which but, is crazy. Uh, <laughs> last thing on the trade, was there any other trades that happened that stood out to you as, as noteworthy? Just the Albert O trade, right? Uh, they were going to cut him. It seemed like they, there was reports he was about to get cut. And then they flipped him to Philly for, I'm not exactly sure. It was like a- they, they did a pick swap in 25. So they, they got a, the um, Broncos got a sixth round pick in 25 for the Eagles seventh round pick. Or no. they got the Eagles sixth yeah. and they got the Broncos seventh. Pretty much nothing. You know, maybe, exactly. maybe you know, a, a cheeseburger with bacon on it, you know, but, yeah. but like, now, what stood out to me is Dallas Goddard really can't stay healthy. He's had some injury con- concerns. So is this is this the insurance policy? I mean, Albert always had hype for two years and really hasn't done anything. The preseason game, obviously the shiny new toy, he had a, he had a good 100-something yards to get eight or nine catches. So he looked really good. But then again, 
look at the talent level of what he was playing against. You know, third string is guys just trying to make rosters. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that as a starter, but it's not a bad insurance policy for nothing. They literally would nothing. You know what I mean? It was like pretty much cutting him and, and signing him on waivers. To me, that's this trade. I love it from what Philadelphia did because this is what good teams do. Yes to try to stay ahead. And I really wish the Bengals had been able to pull something like this off because they could have used uh, Albert O here as their number three tight end because right now they're going back in with a Mitchell Wilcox again. And they are in the same similar situation that Philadelphia's in Dallas. Got her hurt. They have Irv Smith Jr. who, right. when, healthy, when healthy, is great. I think he's going to flash in this offense, in the Bengals' offense, when he's on the field, but at some point, you know, he's not, then you're going to go to Drew Sample. He's been there for how long and he hasn't really popped yet. Right. You know, you know, they're going to get a veteran every year because he hasn't popped. So that's, that's where we're at there. I kind of wish they would have got, I I do like that trade. Uh, Another one I thought was interesting was Noah Igbenanihi to Dallas. That was basically a player for player swap with Kelvin Joseph. I thought that was, well, who was uh, the, the Pittsburgh just got an offensive lineman, right? Um, I'm pretty yes, sure they, they got Kelvin Kevin Dotson from the Rams. Who they wasn't gave up, bad. yeah. Pittsburgh gave up a uh 24 fourth and a 25 fifth, uh, for Dotson, a 24 fifth and a 25. So basically, they did uh Swap. pick swaps in the next two drafts and they get Dotson. I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, I like that trade for them. Uh, Low key, I like the uh, Chiefs uh, getting a six, giving up a six uh, for to get Neil Farrell from the Raiders as well. Yeah, yeah, and they just they just got your boy. Did they just get your boy? Rush. Uh yes. They just signed him off waivers, yeah. right? Clint, I think well, he fits Spagnuolo, uh, Spags' defensive scheme quick, very good. Quick cornerbacks and safeties and just fly around out there. Well, that leads us into what we're going to talk about next, surprising cuts. And that, I think, was one of the uh, more surprising ones from this draft class was uh, Darius Rush, the Colts' uh, uh, fifth-round pick. Uh, I I think Rush is a high-upside athlete for sure. Um, He's still a little rough around the edges, but, I mean, he showed enough at South Carolina. I think that he deserved to make that Colts roster. They cut in Kansas City. And what was surprising to me that Kansas City was the – obviously the only team that put a claim in on him because they were last. Yeah. So it's uh, a little surprising that he made it that far down there. But uh, yes, so Darius Rush was a surprising cut. Anybody else uh, getting chopped off that you uh, were a little surprised by? Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of uh, Desmond King getting cut by, by the Texans. Like Signed with Pittsburgh today. Oh, That was perfect for him. I think that's yeah. a perfect home land on the side of uh, Fitzpatrick over there. But, even Kirksey, right? They cut Kirksey at 100 tackles the last two years for them. Um, and then he signs with Buffalo on practice squad. I think he's going to make his way on that team, just the way they rotate so many positions and, and everybody, you know, on the line, uh, linebackers and safeties. Um, like Cole Beasley getting cut from the Giants, like, and then bringing him back on the practice squad. I, I, I don't understand. He hasn't, you know what I mean? He hasn't been relevant in a while. Like, how many I, slot receivers do you need, though? Well, that was what everybody said when they signed him. But with him going to the practice squad, I think it makes sense uh, to cover for an injury or something like that, you know. And and you've got him there. Uh, plus, I mean, if somebody else has an injury, there he's easily there for somebody else. And then Deion up. Jones was another guy that got caught. I'm a I'm a Deion Jones guy. When he's healthy, I mean, he, he he's a hundred tackle guy. When when healthy, it's it's just. 
Carolina, I'm surprised in Carolina because I think I thought him on the side of Luvo would have been a good combination, especially with Shaq Thompson getting older. You know what I mean? You need you need a guy to fill in. Um, and your guy got cut from Carolina, right? Matt Corral. <laughs> I, I don't think he was my guy. I, I, I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> speaking of 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 your guys, your Patriots. Yeah, do, is Mac Jones still the only quarterback on the roster? They brought them both back this morning. I don't understand that they're playing the game. They put them both on the practice squad. So Belichick's bending the rule, right? Because this year they added that you can bring a guy off the practice squad for games as an emergency QB. So bring, Malik's back yeah. and Zappy's back, which I didn't make sense to me because they were on minimal rookie deals, right? Because they were late round picks. The cut and bring them back and sign them. There was no saving of any money. Well, normally when you do this, though. Um, did they have anybody that they are putting on IR? Because the rule states that if you're putting somebody on IR to return, they have to be on the 53. And then at 4 o'clock today, you can put them on IR to return. So the Bengals did this last year. Okay. Where they where Burrow was the only quarterback on the roster for a day. And then they put a couple of players on IR. And then they brought Brandon Allen uh, back to the 53-man roster. So I, I'm curious if, if that was the strategy there that they were going with. But to me, it was a risk with Zappi because, I mean, but it obviously so. it – obviously I, I, thought so, I thought he was better than some of the other backup quarterbacks around the league and he could have gotten claimed. But obviously he didn't. So here's my thing with Zappi. I know coming out of Western Kentucky, he has all the accolades and everything. Right, now. I watched him last year, all right? Six games played, six fumbles. Like, that's a problem. Every game he played, he had a fumble, okay? And I think his height is a little bit of an issue when he has to play on the center. I mean, he's not the tallest guy in the world, and he struggles. He's kind of got to roll out a lot to get space and, and get open. And from what I watched, and I know we had two knuckleheads in the offensive department, right? But they pretty much gave him, like, a kindergarten scheme. Left side of the field was green. Middle of the field was blue. Right side was red. And they just color-coded plays for him, for him to grasp it. Well, now that Bill O'Brien's there, it's no more – we're not holding hands. And the kids struggled all preseason. And the last game was very evident. So I, I think it was like, all right, we're going to test it and see. And, and that Belichick really wasn't worried. Malik was something that surprised me. He's like a poor man's Lamar Jackson, right? And that's something that Belichick's kind of always wanted. I, 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 he's got some kind of – Dual threat capability. I'm not saying like Lamar is obviously elite, but he flashes some of the, the attributes that Lamar has. And Belichick loved Lamar. He didn't get him, but he loved him. And he's always kind of wanted the mobile QB because he gets smoked by him all the time. And he tried with Cam and that didn't work. So I was kind of I was surprised that they cut Cunningham. He did have a decent preseason and he could be used as like a you know an X factor weapon in the slot or or whatever it may be, screens or something. Yeah, curious to see how that works out. But, yeah, so I I anticipate there. I also read a stat today I thought was interesting. Just a lot of fan bases get worked up about when, <laughs> when they see their preseason favorite or whatever get waived. Like, oh, there's no way we're going to get him back. So 2.56% of the people that got waived got claimed. So you've got a 97.5% chance right. of getting that guy back. So I noticed more people get picked up on waivers before the deadline. The deadline is really nothing because it's just pretty much guys trying to make rosters. Right. Right. So I, I did like that. Jake Bobo got made it to Seattle Seahawks mm -hmm. roster I, with, with 
JSN's wrist injury. I think Bobo can get some time in that offense early. I mean, and, and shout out to I know he's gotten so he got some hype on this week's uh edition of Hard Knocks. My guy, Jason Brownlee of Southern Miss, made yeah. the 53 man roster. Uh when all the I, cuts I, were happening, I tagged you. And yeah, I, talk, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say I was first, but I was one of the first. You were early. First on, you put me on, on to him. So I'm proud of him. Glad to see he uh, he made it. Week one, we're going to have three rookie starters go in game one. Yeah. The top three of the top four picks of the draft, we're going to see Bryce Young's going to start for Carolina. C.J. Stroud's going to start for Houston, and Anthony Richardson's going to start for Indianapolis. So, Nino, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. <laughs> Which of those three is going to have the most successful rookie year? I thought coming in it was C.J. Stroud, uh, but I I honestly think that Bryce Young is probably going to have the better season. I think the whole coaching staff in general around him, uh, I have – he seems to be gelling with Adam Thielen off the rip there, and I think Thielen can have one more banger of a year and then right off in the sunset and, and kind of mold Mingo as they go along. Uh, and I think Miles Sanders is going to be a good little piece for, for Young in, in that backfield. So I think Bryce Young is going to have the best of the three. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree here. I don't think either one of us – I think we of the three, I would say we both agree that Richardson's probably going to be third on that list. Uh, there could – there's still a chance. We don't know that Josh Dobbs is going to start for Arizona. Could be a chance that fifth-round pick Clayton Toon out of Houston yeah. is a week one starter for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh I thought Toon was decent at the Senior Bowl. Would not have thought no. early season, early rookie season starter for Clayton Toon. No, he looked pretty good in the preseason, right? And he, he played well. Um, yeah, I, I I liked him. You know, at the Senior Bowl, I liked him coming out of college. He, he had some big games. I just wasn't expecting him to climb up these boards, uh, these, these depth charts. You know what I'm saying? As quickly as it did. Obviously, in Arizona, there was a, it's a mess. Um, but yeah, there's a chance. I like I said before, I do believe Dobbs probably starts the first couple of games, and then um, they, they turn it over to Tune and just see what happens. Let him drive the bus and see where it goes. For those listening, uh, you will notice one name we didn't mention as a rookie quarterback starter is Kentucky's Will Levis. He's hurt. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, man, that pulled pork sandwich is going to taste mighty fine, and I don't have to pay for it. Uh, come February in Mobile. Yeah, I already, I already got you on that. Um, he, he, he had some good days and some really bad days, and then he got injured. And uh, I think it's going to be a work in progress for this year. Work in progress, indeed. It's uh, currently sitting QB three behind Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I really only mentioned that to get a dig in it. You know, that's I, all right. I got. I'm, I, pe- I, I'm picky. I'm petty like that. No, I deserve it. I was, I was, you know, I was a jackass all over about Will Levis. I got to eat when I'm wrong. I mean, I still like him. I still think he's got a chance. Still um, got a chance. I just not this year. We're playing the we're playing the long game, you know. Yep, I'm hoping he's a Pat Mahomes. Give him a year. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, college football got started. I know you were pumped last week, week zero. What not was not the greatest slate of games. We'll be honest. But, Decent. Uh, 
but you were all over it. I mean, you guys uh, over there at CFB Nation, y'all probably broke down every single one of those games. <laughs> we did not. We only watched four of them over here. Uh, so I'll start. Uh, player that I liked the, I don't say liked the most last week, but impressed me uh, because I did. I hadn't really watched him a whole lot before, but he's definitely got. I don't know if he's got the accuracy to be an NFL quarterback, but I can tell you that UTEP quarterback Gavin Hardison has got the the requisite arm strength uh, to be an NFL quarterback. Man, he uh, he tried. There was a pat of their opening TD or should have been a TD, and the receivers couldn't complete the catch to the ground there, but uh, he uh, put the ball just right on the money. And I, he ended up uh, 208 yards, uh, threw a touchdown pass, but had two picks against uh, Jacksonville State in the loss. Uh, but, yeah, UTEP quarterback Gavin Hardison. You know what's funny is I had the option to go another route, but you brought up UTEP. I'm going to stay in the game with the same team. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. Give me Trice Knight, um, linebacker number 10 for them. He was all over the field. I put it out on Twitter on the second call. I'm like, this is the guy I'm watching the rest of the game because he seemed to be everywhere. He had 13 tackles. I think it was uh, eight solo tackles. He had a tackle for loss. The dude was just flying around, and he could drop back in coverage too. They sent him like three straight times at the quarterback, and then the last one on third down, he, he disrupted the pass. It was all on him. So he's the guy I'm going to watch for the rest of the year because he's a senior. Hopefully I can see him down there this year with, near you at the senior bowl. Um, Jim, go get him. But yeah, uh, he's a guy I like. I think he's going to be a key for that that minus defense the rest of the season. I don't know if he gets to the senior bowl, but I got a feeling his teammate might uh, praise Amawule, the uh, defensive end. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a stud. All right, that's going to do week zero, but we're full on this week. <laughs> full on eight games uh, for draft countdown coming at you this week uh, between myself and Shane. And it starts Thursday night, uh, NC State at UConn, 6.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. I took this game because I wanted to get a look at, you know, the UConn had several guys on the Senior Bowl watch list, and I'm like, well, let's get it out of the way. You know, let's let's get in there. Uh, their guard, Christian Haynes, 6'3", 3'10", six-year player, interior offensive line. I know I, I watched Jackson Mitchell, their linebacker, last year. I think he's really good. But I also want to see their edge rusher, Eric Watts, 6'6", 278, uh, fifth-year player. Looks like a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Watts is someone I've been hearing a lot about this year, looking like he's going to be one of them sneaky guys to sneak in the draft and create buzz by the end of the season. I do love Jackson Mitchell. Like He is just a stud I want to look look into more. I didn't get to see many games. I saw two games last year. But when you get like you know 78 PFF grade, which is a jump 20 points from the year before, 50 run stops, two years back-to-back and over 100 tackles. I actually had 140 tackles. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's everywhere. I, I want to I see what all the real buzz is about Jackson, and um, I, I think this could be a really good game for him. Yeah, NC State, uh, Brennan Armstrong well, looked like a potential NFL quarterback of Virginia, then just fell off the map uh, last season. Now he's at in Raleigh. We'll see what he can do. And we know their linebackers are good. Um, Devin, Peyton Wilson, especially uh, for for the Wolfpack. So that's going to be a fun matchup. Anybody else on NC State you wanted to talk about? Uh, I'm going to shout out my guy, KT, uh, because he's been pounding the table about Armstrong being back with Robin and I. And that was the dude that he had success success in in Virginia with. So I think 
He could have, because I was surprised he got QB1 because I was a big MJ Morris guy. MJ Morris turned it on at the end of the year last year for, for the Wolfpack uh, when Leary went down. And he's kind of that dual threat guy. But once and I came in there, obviously uh, Armstrong took that lead. Uh, I love Peyton, um, but can he take over for Drake, right? It was Drake, Drake was the, the linebacker from last year. And he was more of a green dot dude, can kind of cerebral, pan out everywhere. I want to see if, if Wilson um, can pop this year. I know he had 82 tackles last year, 12 tackles for loss. We've got a high motor. This is all my, my guy coaches broke him down uh, on total titles. High motor, active. He's disciplined. He doesn't over pursue and he puts himself in position, you know, to track the ball and coverage. So I, I want to see Wilson up front and, and, and see what he's got. 11 a.m. on Saturday, uh, Tennessee and Virginia are going to kick off uh, in Nashville. Uh, on ABC, Shane has this one. I uh, I am curious here. Uh, a lot of hype about Joe Milton. I'm not buying it, man. No, nope, nope. You can repackage it in a different in a different package. You know, watch the same movie 15 different times. The ending's always the same. Yes, he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball 90 yards downfield. He got a hundred mile out fastball, right? Six four, two forty, big dude. I will I will say. Deep balls he's good on, but I need him to see some touch, man. I need touch. You you, you ain't making it to the dance just throwing deep balls downfield or you're going to be in the same boat as Anthony Richardson, right? The thing with, with Milton is he got cojones, man. I seen him sit in the pocket where he's about to get destroyed by blitz and linebackers with nobody picking him up, and then the, line, the running back will just chip him off the and, – and Milton don't even move. He stands in there and, and fires a gun. So that offense is kind of set up for his success – but he didn't beat out Hendon Hooker when the, when he was supposed to be the guy off the rip. So I, I got to see it. Yeah, I, I'm curious too. Some decent pass rushers for Virginia, Chico Bennett yes, and uh, Cam Butler. Uh, so Tennessee, man, they've got some talent on that team. So we'll see uh, see how another year with Josh Heupel goes there, but anxious to see how that I heard uh, one of those rushes is, is hurt and he might not play in this game. Okay. Well, it's something to keep an eye out um, for, for sure. That game, like I said, 11 a.m. Nino, I know you want to talk about this one. 2.30 on ABC. <laughs> Boise State at Washington. My man DM'd me earlier today and said, hey, can I talk about 85 Washington <laughs> players? I was like, I'm not going to stop you. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's let's, let's talk. Who are, who, are the, uh, who are the Huskies to watch in this game? I mean, uh, I know everybody's on the Romeo Dunze train, but I really believe that Jalen McMillan is the better wide receiver overall out of the whole group. And, then, and obviously they have Polk there as well. Uh, just Mc, McMillan, like 1,000 yards, almost 1,100 yards last year, 80, 80 receptions, close to 14 yards uh, per catch. He runs precise routes. So he's got good hands. He's fluid. He, he can locate the ball deep. He can create uh, separation, and he's great, you know, in space. So, like, I think McMillan's better overall wide receiver. I want to see who takes the biggest step this year uh, with Michael Penix coming back for that Huskies offense. And then you know, the defensive side of the ball is about 476 guys that are pro probably going to be, you know, in, in the NFL uh, next year. But for me, the main guy that I really want to see, and he, he he's a dude, and that's uh, Braylon Trice, six foot, 231 pounds. I mean, and this guy's a technician. He's violent. He can, he can pursue and go sideline to sideline. He's got strength. I mean, 67 pressures, 44 QB hurries last year. On, on top of, you know, the 12 tackles for loss and nine sacks. I mean, this dude is just a monster. Uh, and I think he's going to have 
an even better year. Uh, but then, you know, you got Troy, uh, Troy Fatano, the offensive tackle. Then you got Zion. Uh, I, I can't say these names, man. I, I'm terrible with these names. <laughs> I'm going to call him ZTF, right? And then Savelle Smalls is the other gentleman that I, I like in this game. But I, I, I went and did my due diligence here because I knew I had to represent Shane. And I found a guy on Boise that I kind of like. And that's DJ Scram, Shram, however you want to say it. Six foot, 231 pounds. Uh, he had a 75 PFF grade last year, right? He waited for three seasons to finally take off. He was a three-star recruit out of Fresno. Finally got his chance. 107 tackles, right? 50 solo, almost 12 tackles for loss. He had a sack and a fumble recovery. He had 60 run stops. Uh, he's going to be tested in this game, right? You can drop back in coverage, and he can go off the ball. I think Dylan Johnson is going to be a threat now since Ward got hurt and is out for the Huskies because coming out of Mississippi State, this dude was just a pass-catching machine, 40 receptions almost every year. I I, I think DJ is going to have his hands full. I think he could have big numbers in this game, and I think he's going to catch a couple eyes. That Washington team's good, man. Stupid. Stupid. There's so many on on both sides. Uh, Another guy from Boise State, I think – we as evaluators are maybe not in the 24 draft, but definitely in the 25 draft, although he is eligible this year. That's their third-year quarterback, Taylor Green. 6'6", 223. This guy is built. Uh, if he can – let's see how he puts it all together this year. This is probably this should be his first full year as a starter uh, for Boise. So anxious. And I do like Devin Culp, the tight end from Washington. I just wanted to get his name okay. uh, out there. Uh, Shane has chosen a game that um, I, I think I know why. Uh, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus, plus uh, Central Arkansas at Oklahoma State. I don't think he chose this one for Oklahoma State. I think this is to see David Walker, the uh, third-year edge rusher from Central Arkansas, who is uh, highly thought of uh, at the FCS level. Yeah, he's a dude, uh, and I like him. He's violent. He, he can – he can bull rush. You can get after it. But there was a guy when I was doing my research here that I thought Shane would, would like, and that's Darius Hale, running back from Central Arkansas, 5'11", 225 pounds. This dude is swollen. He has enormous arms and biceps, right? He had 141 attempts for 950 yards, 10 touchdowns, almost seven yards per carry, right? <laughs> 18 receptions for 192 yards and two touchdowns. Then he took one in the house for 76 yards. 601 yards after contact. Like, he can get up quickly. He can get uphill quickly for a bigger dude, and he is just strong. He's going to be a guy that I, I think gets this Oklahoma State defense. I think he can have a day. Oklahoma State got hit bad <laughs> by the portal. <laughs> Uh, so their talent level is way down uh, this year. Uh, but Brennan Presley, their uh, yeah. spectacular uh, wide receiver, uh, could be a, a top slot option in next year's draft. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk a lot about. The, oh, go, go ahead. I got. I got a linebacker for you. Okay. Out of Oklahoma State, he's going to replace Mason Cobb. I did an interview with him a few months ago, and uh, that's Xavier Benson. Right, he's a redshirt senior. He had 900 snaps last year, 76 tackles, 36 solo, uh, a few tackles for loss, 39 run stops. Listen, he, he went to Texas Tech, didn't do very well over there. Was adjusting, was still a young man, had to leave. Went to a JUCO school, did well at the JUCO school. Went to Oklahoma State, 
Played pretty well as as the line uh, LB two. Now it's his turn. He, he was third on the team in tackles last year. I think this dude has a chance to get to you know, ninety plus tackles and kind of get a little buzz like Mason Cobb. There you go. And Mason Cobb did he make uh, the fifty three for? I can't. No, remember. he's at USC. That's right. That's right. He was the, oh, he, he he didn't even have the lead in tackles on the team for USC. The safety did. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to talk a whole lot about this next game because we can tell people at the end of the show why we're not going to talk a whole lot about this next game. But uh, 6.30 p.m. on ABC, uh, I'll be watching, obviously. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, they're going to play in Charlotte. Uh, obviously, the headline here is going to be the dueling quarterbacks here, Drake May and Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good one. Um I know everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but 95% of the community is all in on Drake May as QB2. I just have a couple questions. I don't know if if the change at OC, the change at wide receiver, if if Tez is going to get his eligibility or what they're going to do with all that, which I think is sad in the first place that they're even doing this to him now, right? But there's a couple of gentlemen that they're doing it to as well. But I think it's crazy. Uh, I just... I, 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 for some reason, I'm getting a gut feeling that Drake May could take a little bit of a regress step this year. And, and there's a lot of QBs in that three to seven range that, if they take a step, could be right knocking at his door. Um, Spencer showed a little, little pizzazz in those last three games for you guys last year. And I want to see if he can roll over. I heard that he's got, he's throwing the ball a lot quicker with some pop on it this year. So I'm interested to see what he's got in the tank. And- Interested, I am interested as well. No, the the Tez Walker situation is trash. The NCAA is just trying to regain some semblance of control that we of importance because yep. they've been basically rendered null and void <laughs> yep. uh, by everybody else, and yep. they're trying to and they're holding these kids hostage and it's crap. Yeah, it's gone. But uh, it it will help South Carolina though if he doesn't play. So yeah, hey, listen, what either he plays or he doesn't play. I, I think this is going to be a really, really close game. Um, uh, I, I agree. Um, I like Nesbitt a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. Bryce Nesbitt, the tight end from North Carolina, I think he gives me Evan Ingram vibes, like, tremendous. It's just the way he plays. He's, he's versatile. He can play over the middle. He can block. Like, you put him in the right scheme in the NFL, and this kid could be a dude. Yeah, a couple of good tight ends for that North Carolina team. A couple of good tight ends for South Carolina, too. So, uh. 7 p.m. on the ACC Network, I'll be watching Old Dominion and Virginia Tech, and you talk about a team that got crippled by the portal. That's Old Dominion. They're going to see their top dog across the uh, across the field from them on Saturday when Allie Jennings uh, lines up for Virginia Tech. Uh, three Virginia Tech wide receivers, uh, Allie Jennings, Daquan Felton, and Jalen Lane, all on the Senior Bowl watch list. Unfortunately for Hokie fans, you can't get too excited about it because Grant Wells is still your starting quarterback. You have no faith in Wells this year? Awful. He was awful at Marshall. He was awful last year at Virginia Tech. I have no reason to believe that Grant Wells is going to be able to do anything of note for the Hokie program. And that's what surprised me that Jennings went to Virginia Tech. I I didn't understand because he had a good year last year for – Old Dominion, right? I believe he had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was over a thousand yards. Yeah, 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 it was good. Yeah. Uh, right around the eighty-eight targets, fifty-four yards. Right, he had uh, nine touchdowns. 
I mean, he's got it. He tracks the ball well. He's he he just destroys man coverage. There's no he ain't man covering him. And, and he's got well four six speed. He he's got some wheels to him. He can take the top off the ball as well. So it'll be interesting. The older man, you got that one guy, the one guy that stood out to me, and that's Henderson, right? Yeah, he's the only he's the only ODU guy on our watch list. But and, and the thing that scares me a little bit, he's built. He reminds me of Isaiah Simmons a little bit because he's built like mm-hmm. a DB. But he's playing linebacker and knocked the snot out of you, right? Yeah. But the thing is, he had what 180 tackles? It was a lot. 58 of them was solo. That, That's not like, great. No, it's not great. But he did have some tackles for loss. I think they were in the double digits, and he had a few sacks as well. But I, I, I'm interested to see uh, how he comes out the gate in, in game one. Is he all scheme? That that I think that that's uh, the the point that you <laughs> yeah. were trying to get to there yeah. uh, with those numbers. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, got another transfer up from FCS. That's a uh, I think could be a decent linebacker for them, and he does have the size six three two forty, and that's VMI transfer Stone Snyder. So uh, a name to keep an okay. eye out on the uh, Virginia Tech defense. Uh, another game for me on Saturday night will be at nine thirty p.m. on ESPN, Coastal Carolina. At UCLA, Grayson McCall uh, entered the portal, then went back. Yep. Uh, anxious to see how that works out. And he's, I mean, Coastal's got some good, some some decent players here. Uh, Sam Pinkney at wide receiver comes back. Uh, I want to see Braden Bennett. Uh, if yes. This is the year for him at running back to finally show it. And I know you are in love with a lot of these UCLA players, especially Carson Steele, the running back that comes over from Ball, was it Ball State? Yeah, Ball State, yep. And, uh, I mean, but UCLA's got some dudes on this team. No, None better to me than Liatu Latu, the uh, edge rusher. Yeah, he's a dude. He's, he's the number one guy on that team, I think. Um, is is Stur, Sturvit, what's his, Michael Sturvit? Yeah, yes, he is he a third-year player. Okay, yeah. so the, I, I thought so. He's some, because it was interesting when he went there, knowing that I, under my impression, it was going to be Colin Sheely or Dante Moore. I did not expect Ethan Gavers to get the QB1 role. Can They're all it? supposed to play Saturday from what I've heard, right? Yeah, so. I heard the same thing too, but Chip Kelly's had a trend of picking the wrong QB. He did it in the NFL, right? He did it in college before. Is he, Are we going down the same road here? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Then I'm all in a cost of steel. I've been, you know, I've heard, and I spoke to some people. Some people don't know if he's a, you know, if he's a P5 running back, you know, is he's going from the Mac to the pack. I don't think the pack is anything special. I'm not saying they're trash, but I don't think they're in it. Most of the defenses out there aren't that great, uh, unless it's Utah, really. And I think Cost still has a chance, but everybody's talking TJ Harden. It'll be interesting. You know, Harden's only had a couple games, small sample size. He turned it on for them last year. I think he had like 300 yards down the stretch for them on a couple touchdowns. But Cost still brings that pass catching ability, right? He had 1,500 yards. 1,100 of those yards are after contact. I don't want to get rid of them, but he ain't a P. He played Tennessee last year. He played other schools that were, you know, a P5. So th- this dude gets it done. And I, I think he's going to be the guy you're going to, it's going to wow you week one. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, obviously, the game of the week, I believe, is Sunday yeah. night. Shane's got this one uh, on ABC at 6 30 uh, in Orlando, Citrus Bowl Stadium there, uh, Florida State versus LSU. This is going to be fun. Florida State has loaded up uh, this year with just transfers. Uh, transfer last year, Jared Verse comes back. 
Johnny Wilson transferred from Oregon, right? So this is a – other than Jordan Travis, I think most of their big dogs, right, are transfers. Yeah, Keon Coleman from Michigan State, right? Uh, Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. Cypress. Uh, Cypress, Cypress from Virginia. Yeah, so like – so. But they're loaded. They're, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, but I, I don't think they win the game. You don't think they win the game? No. Ooh. Uh, I, and I think LSU – I think LSU's got, and that's without Mason Smith, who is suspended uh, because, again, because the NCAA are trash. I got a question for you, and I heard it on, on one of my buddies' show, uh, Jake Crane. They call it called What if they just play him? What would the NCAA do if they just played him? And that's testing them, right? Saying, all right, for signing an autograph last year with Keishon Butte suspended week one now. Now the NIL is okay. You're going to go back, what, one month pr- prior to it and then slap this kid on the hand? Really? Yeah. That's, That's kinda, trash. Yeah. It's trash. It's garbage. I mean, yeah, I, it's, 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 I, I don't understand it. Uh, how do you feel about Jaden Daniels this year? I think he surprised me last year. Okay. That first game, I don't know if that was Boutte checking out, but they had a chance to like really like, put the nail in the coffin there and that pass in the end zone and Butte just kind of like walked away from him. And then you saw the emergence of neighbors because he was like, okay, he doesn't want to be the wide receiver one. I'll be the wide receiver one, but just throw me the ball. I got you. And he gives me that like Justin Blackman vibe really bad. He put on the weight and he's just the way he plays. But I think Daniels didn't rely on his legs as, as much as we had seen him previously last year and started chucking the ball around come like week four or five. And I was like, all right. Maybe he's matured a little bit. Maybe Brian Kelly's, you know, kind of like took the kid by the horn and said, hey, calm down, buddy. Like, we're not going to be throwing this intricate offensive scheme. I'm going to let you get comfortable, and then we're going to go from there. And he did well. So uh, his reads were good, his check downs, progressions. I seen a couple times where, you know, he looked like like Sammy Hotman a little bit, kind of throwing the ball before wide receivers are coming out of their release and throwing it to a spot, and, and he was on, on the money. So it's going to be interesting to see how he takes the next step. I think this is going to be a key game for him. Yeah, uh, anxious to see. Uh, this will be my first year being able to focus on Malik Neighbors. Dude. Is dude. he the next LSU uh, yeah. star? Give him the seven, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> put him in that group. He's a dude. Like, he could just do it all. He can run routes. He can 50-50 the ball. Right? He, he's crisp. He, he get, creates separation at the line. He's physical. He's got all the traits. And he he did it when nobody knew who he was. Who he was. And when the guy on his team checked out and he says, okay, I'm, I'm, that's it. Give me the ball. And, and Daniels was like, okay, you got it. You got his trust off week one and never look back. Well, there you go. All right, so. What do you think what? about Perkins, though? I know he's not draft eligible. But Harold Perkins Jr., he's going to get a lot of time with Mason Smith kind of out where they're going to just be letting him go. My, my assumption is he'll be a guy that will be in everybody's top five next year to yeah. start the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That, that feels safe. I, yeah. I'll, I'll worry about that this summer. <laughs> uh, so let's go to our lock of the week segment. As you see there on the screen, uh, I went one and zero last. I went uh, hit mine last week. Jacksonville State plus one. Love it. That was uh, had that Shane had Ohio plus two and a half. And hey. I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, if Curtis Rourke doesn't get Thank knocked loopy in the first quarter, Thank I you. think we hit that one too. 
He was but, seven for ten for like seventy-five yards. He looked good coming off ACL surgery. Yeah, yeah. That that's a totally different ball game if he doesn't get knocked out in the first quarter. But uh, you said you think LSU's there this week. Shane disagrees. I I, I know. Sh- Shane's lock of the week, Florida State plus two and a half for the win. When they lose by a field goal, I'll win. But my lock of the week, give me UMass, minus 35 against Auburn. You know, you stole my thunder here. No, did I really? Because that was my lock of the week. And I actually actually bet it Monday and got it at 36 and a half. (laughs) So... Don Don Brown, man. Don Brown has so, turned that program around. I, I love it. So my lock of the week was UMass 36 and a half. Has, apparently everybody else uh, at the beginning of the week uh, yeah. got in on that too and uh, hammered was hammering UMass as the line is dropped down to 35 now, as Nino said. But my thought on that is Auburn is, I don't know, their roster is roughly 50% transfers. Yes. And we're talking mostly group of five transfers up. We're not talking about, you know, power five transfers in. Uh, I don't know that that team has gelled quickly enough. I'm not a big Peyton Thorne guy. I don't think that he's all that great. I don't think Auburn right now, as their roster is currently constructed, is five touchdowns better than anybody. No, I, 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 what I do love though is that Jock West Hunter is getting the start nod and doesn't look like he's going to get a suspension. Uh, that is not what local radio here thinks. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's going to be game, they do not game think time. He's play. They do not think he's going to play. Really? Yeah. I he's, see listed at, chart- he's listed at number one on the depth chart, but that doesn't mean uh, he's going got- to play. They got was it is it Reese they sign uh, oh, yeah. Brian Batty Brian Batty is the guy who came over and transferred so he's the he's the backup he did well uh it was USF I think he came over from yeah. but my question I, I love that UMass's defense Tyler Rudolph in the safety position is a dude he he had almost you know, ten tackles last week tackle for loss in the sack I I want to see if Tfom the quarterback for UMass he could test that defense a little bit he ran for almost a hundred threw for close to two hundred like. He, he was a former four-star recruit. Uh, he he can get loose out there, and I, there ain't many key pieces on, on that Auburn defense right now. They they lost a lot of guys in the draft, so in the portal. The the only thing that worries me about UMass here, and and you being my favorite person from the Northeast, <laughs> I don't know many people from the Northeast. So, <laughs> I'll take know. being your, but but you'll, but you'll take it. Uh, I don't know how them guys is going to handle. 2.30 kickoff. That's the hottest part of the day here, man. Yeah. And it's going to be humid. Uh, it might not be as hot as it's been in the last week, or la- it was last week, but it's going to be hot Saturday. And so that's the only thing that worries me about that is how they're going to handle that humidity. Uh, Can it be hotter than Jacksonville State was? Because Rich Rod was, was going to his second shirt. Uh, in the uh, second quarter, it was like 130. It, it, it won't be that hot that, uh, this weekend. Um, but, Matt, dude, we, we broke record highs down here like eight days in a row. I mean, we're Last talking – Yeah, we're talking temperatures 102 degrees during the day. Heat index 115. I mean, we get humidity up here. And people don't understand. I, t- I try to tell my guy, Boomer, because he's in Oklahoma. He's like, you don't understand. I'm like, no, you don't understand. No. no. I work outside. No. <laughs> it, it, humidity is huge. <laughs> 
Yeah, y'all, you ain't, you ain't felt South Alabama humidity, son. I'm gonna tell you that. You come. The only time you've been in Alabama is it during. Nice. It was February. Yeah, it was beautiful. All right. So, want to get get some uh, okay. get get some takes here on some college football totals, over under total wins this year. And we're just, we're going to hit six of these. Ohio State over under ten and a half. Under. I agree. I agree. I, I think they're under. I think they have at least two losses. Michigan and Notre Dame. I'm not. I don't know which two. I think they'll slip up and lose to somebody they're not supposed to. And okay. then we're we're going to start the Ryan Day. Uh, is it is he in trouble? Talks. I. Uh, I, I I'm happy McCord's QB one for right now, though. I'll tell you that. Alabama over under 10 and a half. Under. I agree. <laughs> I also I, agree. I I think Texas these, beats them. Uh, for the record, these are regular season wins. These does not count yeah. championship conference championship games or bowl games. Georgia over under 11 and a half. Under. There, I, I don't think there's a loss in their schedule. I think this. I think Tennessee has a chance. It's in Tennessee. There aren't many teams I would even put within a touchdown of Georgia this year. I think, I think they're going to run. I, I think they. Carson Beck's that good. He he needs to be, and we'll find oh, out. Oh wait a minute! But you said he needs to be. You're saying we'll see. I don't. I just. I, but I think That's the rest of their team. Mark. But their schedule is not that. They're okay. not. Their non-conference schedule is trash. Now they were supposed yeah. to play Oklahoma. And then I'll come. Not that I think that would have mattered anyway. No, no. They would have rolled over them anyway. But that's no. my question, Mark. Is Beck, though? Like, I, I got to see Beck. I mean, you have to believe. I mean, he's bet, bit his time there, five star uh, quarterback. They got like five of them on the roster. I was going to say it's loaded. <laughs> Florida State, who you're already saying is going to lose one, over under nine and a half. Over. They lose, so they lose to LSU, LSU and Clemson because Clemson, I think, runs the and table. And beat everybody else. Yep. Okay. I uh, I agree. I think they'll go over uh, nine and a half. Southern Cal over under nine and a half. I, this one I teeter-totted on a lot because I think that they're going to lose back-to-back games to Washington and Oregon. But that Notre Dame game kind of scares me. It's in South Bend, right? So that's the swing game, right? Yeah, that's the swing game for me. But I have them winning because I just I, – Caleb. Caleb is always the X factor for me, so I got him at 10. I'm going to go under. I think they'll lose a game. They'll lose to Washington and Oregon. I think they'll lose a game they're not supposed to lose uh, because their offensive line is so bad. I think Utah – Utah always gives them a hard time, but this is this is at home this year, Right. And that, that's, for me, is that, is that really a home field advantage, though? Is the Coliseum really a home field advantage? I don't think it is. I mean, you're not driving up to Utah. But Utah is a legit home field advantage. Right, for Utah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it kind of benefits right. them to that point. You know what I mean? Here's a personal one for you. <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> Colorado over under three and a half. This is tough. This is very tough. I got man. I got him Colorado State 
I got him being Arizona State only because Rashad is starting and there's a lot of new new coach, rookie, you know what I mean, freshman, uh, QB. Stanford is just terrible. Like, I, I don't know how good they're going to be. I know the running back is pretty good in EJ Smith, but other than that, I, I don't really know. So those are the three I got. And then for some strange reason, my gut's telling me that that offense can uh, outpower Washington State's defense because they lost a lot of people. In the draft, in the portal. So I'm going to go over. I got him at four. I'm going to go over as well, but I don't think they get to six. No, no, there's no way. They don't. They don't I was going, I looked at it like seven times just before we went on. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they get smoked against TCU. Smoke. I think Savion Williams eats. And I like Travis Hunter a lot. And I like Cormani McLean, the freshman. I think Savion Williams just puts on a Quentin Johnson type day and just destroys that secondary. Uh, I don't think that game's going to be pretty at all. No. no. Uh, wanted to quickly wrap up something from the senior bowl watch list that me and Brad talked about last week. Uh, I had made a note to talk about it. I completely forgot. Uh, my man at draft guy, Jimmy on Twitter. Uh, he's a scout for the Hula bowl. He was scouring through it and came up with this note that I just felt like I needed to share. Uh, Duke cornerback, Miles Jones. Uh, formerly at Texas A&M. This is his fourth consecutive year on the Senior Bowl watch list. How? This is his seventh year. Oh. Plus, if you count the COVID year and uh, injury, this is his seventh year in college. He's been on the Senior Bowl watch list for four years. Two at Duke, two at Texas A&M. Wow. Wow, I, I I think there's a QB. It was a Georgia State that's on the seventh year. Oh we no, got, URI's rise QB is is on his seventh year. Seventh year. He looks like he's thirty five. We've got guy. We've got some uh, a couple of guys on ours with eight. I, I thought seven was the max. Um, hold on. No, no, we don't. I'm sorry. You're right. Last year we had a guy that was an eighth year guy, but he was a BYU. Uh, he had a mission and all that. Who's the guy? I, I I might be going down the rabbit hole a little bit, but who's this? Is it Georgia State or Georgia Southern's tight end? I think he 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 might be like twenty eight years old or something, and he's on his like seventh or sixth year. I don't even know how it's even possible, but yeah. We have twenty two guys active right now on our watch list that are in their seventh year. Holy seventh cow. year removed from high school. Wow. Including one at South Carolina, uh, Jordan Strawn, the edge rusher who transferred from Georgia State, but has had some injury uh, issues. But, yeah, so 22 guys, seventh That's year. Wild. And, I mean, there's obviously a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, let's see, did we get – we got nothing in the Discord, nothing on Twitter, nothing in the chat. So, no questions. Everybody, nobody, nobody wants to know anything, I guess, or they're just not ready. You know, they're not ready. It's still early. The casuals are coming yeah, back. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll get them. We'll get them uh, as the season goes on. Uh, final thoughts, and Nino, this isn't the only time this week uh, me and you are going to see each other, is it? No, it's not, and I'm excited because you know this is going to be something interesting that's going to be on a weekly basis. But I'm going to let you. Talk about it. You break the news. Uh, tomorrow night. I don't know if it'll go live tomorrow. I don't know how. Oh, the, it's going to go live. We're going so, live. Yep. So we're going to go live tomorrow night. And I believe we'll do this every Thursday. 
um, at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, uh, on the uh, as part of the CFB Nation family of uh, podcasts on the Toilets to Titles Network. I will be joining Nino here with the Garnet Roost, baby. We're going to talk South Carolina football every each and every week. Uh, we're going to look uh, look back at the games prior. We're going to preview the games ahead, and we're just going to talk general South Carolina football stuff. I'm looking forward to it because it's it for for me. It's going to be a rare opportunity to be just unabashedly uh, Homer, <laughs> and uh, I don't have to focus on the draft part of it. You know, I although some of that's going to creep in because that's just where my mind is. Always. All the time, but uh, it, it's going to be fun to be able to take the draft hat off for a little bit, put the Gamecocks hat on, and uh, you know, to just chop it up with, with with my man over here as uh, as a part of the CFB Nation. I'm, I'm pumped up to join him. I'm excited. I can't wait for it. And I, I for me, it's great because I just get to be a host. Like I, you, you are the man. Like you're, this is the man of the hour. I just get to host and and, and just kind of drill you in, in questions that I feel you know South Carolina needs to be talked about. So it's going to be fun and interesting. And uh, tune in because I think this is going to be a show that's going to take off rather quickly. I agree, and I look forward to it as well. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Uh, Nino, man, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on, filling in for Shane tonight. Tell everybody where they can find everything uh, that you do. Well, on the Twitter, you can find me at uh, under, uh, at Nino Brown underscore T2T, and then I uh, told the titles um, and CFB Nation, both on the Twitter and YouTube. Uh, I, I'm pretty much doing a show almost every day. So uh, you can find me doing IDP, college, fantasy, Debbie, I do it all. You got any questions? You can hit me up on uh, the Angry Bluebird. Actually, X now, right? And uh, I'm not I, calling I that. <laughs> I figured that, and uh, I can get right back to you. any questions you need. Yeah, there ain't many out there works harder than you, man. And uh, I, I appreciate you know you always taking the time for us when we need you. And uh, like I said, we're always available for you guys as well. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown Podcast. Again, like I said at the beginning, if you are uh, come across this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, like, like the channel and uh, notify, hit the bell on the videos. Uh, uh, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, be it on Apple, Spotify, however it is you listen to your podcast, leave us a five-star review. Share that out with everybody. Uh, follow Nino on Twitter, like he said. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And for all of your draft needs, go to draftcountdown.com. For Nino, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. <laughs>